0: N.P.R. Earlier this week, Ford said it was pausing a big new battery factory in Michigan. And while the company didn't give a specific reason, it is happening in the middle of two major controversies.
1: Yeah, first, there is the auto worker strike. The president of the United Automobile Worker, Sean Fain, called the factory pause a, quote, shameful, barely-veiled threat by Ford to cut jobs. The second controversy is pre-strike. For that battery plant, Ford planned to license battery-making technology from a Chinese company. This has not been popular with Republican politicians, especially if the plant was to be eligible for government subsidies. Earlier this year, Republican Senator Marco Rubio wrote that this would, quote, bring America's greatest geopolitical adversary into the heartland.
0: And so what do we know about this company? Well, it might be one of the most important companies few Americans have heard of. It's called Contemporary Amperex Technology Limited, or CATL. And it supplies batteries to more than a third of the world's electric vehicles, from Tesla to Volkswagen. This is The Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods.
1: And I'm Waylon Wong. Today on the show, the backstory to the most divisive factory plan in America. We're replaying an episode about the history of CATL and the man charging the world switch to electric vehicles. It's a story of entrepreneurship and government support that turned electric vehicles into a top industrial priority.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Babson College.
2: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Certified Financial Planners. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, Certified Financial Planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.
0: At age 31, Zhang Yuchun decided to launch his own company in the south of China. With an engineering degree and about a decade's electronics experience, he'd make small lithium ion batteries for portable devices like MP3 players. He named the company Amphorex Technology Limited, or ATL.
1: But first, Yuchun needed the technology to make the batteries. So he paid Bell Labs in the US a million dollars for a lithium ion battery patent. But when he and his team got to
2: making it... ATL found making the technology work was not as easy as they had thought.
1: Henry Saunderson is the author of Volt Rush, the winners and losers in the race to go green.
2: The battery expanded when it was repeatedly charged and was also at risk of exploding. They worried, you know, it might spell the end of the company. And apparently they spent two weeks sort of working overtime to overcome the difficulties of, of trying different electrolyte combinations with the battery. And finally, they got it to work. And once they'd done that, they cut the cost of production quite rapidly.
0: With a tweaked recipe in hand, ATL scaled up fast, selling over a million batteries two years later. Soon, ATL became a supplier for Apple for iPods. And with the rise of smartphones, time to rinse and repeat, right?
1: Well, in 2010, Yuchun got a knock at the door from a German auto executive. This auto executive, Herbert Deese, was working at BMW.
0: I wanted to convince at least a handful of people to get into batteries.
1: Herbert wanted to sell a hybrid electric car to China, but car batteries are expensive to ship. Plus, he wanted to spark competitive innovation. Herbert wanted a car battery company in China. But he said for entrepreneurs like Yuchen, popularizing EVs looked like a bumpy road.
0: He was probably skeptical at the beginning, and uh, it was not clear for everyone that EVs would be such a clear case. But electric vehicles had an ally, the Chinese government. Lauria Matsoko is a senior fellow at the Center for Strategic and International Studies who researches China's green energy subsidies. The minister of science and technology at the time, Wang Gang, who was a former professor and engineer, he was really convinced that electric vehicles would be the way To get the Chinese automotive industry to leapfrog multinationals by sort of betting on a new technology, eventually everybody would be sort of on the same playing field, as opposed to some companies having
2: 100 years of R&D
1: and other companies having maybe 10 or 20 years. So first, the Chinese government focused on demand. It started giving consumers EV subsidies in six cities, up to nearly $20,000 per vehicle. You know, it was mostly
0: pilot programs at the city level, but, you know, more broadly speaking, it just wasn't that big. It
1: was more of a pet project from the Ministry of Science and Technology. Still, that helped convince Yuchen. He let Herbert know he was in. Soon, ATL spun off a new EV battery company, contemporary Amperex Technology.
0: It worked. And it was also, I think, to his benefit. Yeah. I mean, obviously it did. Yeah, he's he's a very, very wealthy man now. Um, but you met him when he wasn't such a wealthy man. Oh, I, I think it was a, quite a small company.
1: Herbert says Yuchen had the right ingredients to make it work, a great team and the right personal qualities. He has a
0: good technical, physically, chemical understanding So he knows what's happening in the battery, how manufacturing works, how scaling works. And that last one, scaling, is super important. Because making car batteries benefits hugely from what's known as economies of scale. Lithium-ion batteries have these huge upfront costs. Research and development deals securing lithium and cobalt and nickel. Huge machines that make the battery cells. But once you've paid those upfront costs the cost of making one additional battery isn't too expensive.
1: And author Henry Saunderson says that when Yuchun took on car batteries, scale was the key to dramatically reducing the costs.
2: The cost of lithium-ion battery packs fell by around 89% uh, in real terms between 2010 and 2020. And I would say CATL is one of the key drivers in, in that cost reduction that we saw in lithium-ion batteries. And again, they took a existing technology and scaled it, taking it from low volumes to high volumes.
0: And this is when the Chinese government stepped in again, this time on the supplier's side. In 2015, only cars with Chinese-made batteries were eligible for EV subsidies.
2: It was a sort of brutal protectionist moment, and I think probably quite key to CATL's success. Although I do think CATL was worried at the time what happens when this policy is is reversed and foreign batteries come back in? You know, can they compete with these Korean companies?
1: The Chinese government's support was a classic case of what's known as infant industry protection. It works best when you have an industry that doesn't make sense at a small scale. Companies need protection to grow to a larger scale and hopefully then stand on their own two feet. And while examples of failed protectionism and wasted government funding litter the history books, CATL is a clear success story. CATL definitely benefited from protection, but also beat out Chinese competition through a combination of skill, luck, and a commitment to grow and grow. In 2017, CATL became the biggest supplier of EV batteries in the world.
0: But Chun is eternally paranoid about getting soft. That year, he wrote an email to staff saying that in a typhoon, even pigs can fly. In other words, with a tailwind of government subsidies, you know, the typhoon, even bad companies can succeed. But he went on to ask, once the typhoon passes, what's the situation for the pigs that are left?
1: Can you put lipstick on them?
0: You can put a lipstick on a pig, but it won't make it fly. (laughs) It's a wonderful image with flying
1: pigs. In the years since, the Chinese government has been reducing protection. And EVs are really popular there. One in four new cars purchased is electric. So Chen is trying everything he can to make sure that when the tailwinds fall, CATL is not a pig.
2: I think people misunderstand China in a sense when they think it's all state-owned companies. These are very nimble entrepreneurial companies in CATL, and they do fear... Competition, And they do fear dying, going bankrupt. If you look at the solar uh, sector, a lot of Chinese companies did go bankrupt. It's not as if they protect all their companies. And so CATL lives with this fear day in, day out.
0: And of course, now another rival will be American companies, boosted by the Inflation Reduction Act. The EV subsidies of up to $7,500 per vehicle have American sourcing requirements for parts like batteries. But can those American-made batteries license know-how from overseas companies like CATL? That's a question for the Treasury.
1: This show was originally produced by Brittany Cronin with engineering by James Willits. It was fact-checked by Dylan Sloan. This update was produced by Corey Bridges with engineering by Hans Copeland and fact-checked by Sierra Juarez. Kicking Cannon is our editor and The Indicator is a production of NPR.